Welcome back to Podcast Recovery, everyone. I am your host, David O, which is very weird because I normally have a co-host. But uh, no, I'm all going solo, sort of, today. Uh, we're doing something new for the first time on Podcast Recovery. We are doing a men's wrap. So this is a sort of a round-robin topic with our guest, Herb H. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks how, for having me. How many years clean you got? Uh, working on 15. I got 14, coming up on 15. Fantastic. And we have Martin. How are you doing, man? Doing great. How many years clean you got? Eight years now. Unbelievable. And our good friend, Zach, who we just had just had on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I feel like I'm right back at home. Hell yeah, man. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Uh-huh. Glad to be here with you guys. Hell yeah. How many years clean you got? Uh, a little over four and a half. Fantastic. Working on five, yeah. And I'm David O, coming up on nine. All right. Now, today we are going to be talking about relationships and don't feel like there's any protocol here just if you do want to stomp on anybody's opinion go ahead and do that because we all know each other well enough that we know we're all full of shit all right <laughs> so today we are talking about relationships and it's something that i think is incredibly crucial in all of uh, all of recovery so like the first thing that like i wanted to bring up is like one of the, like the big like theories of addiction and recovery is like addiction is very much isolation and recovery is human connection so uh how important is like starting that like getting human connection and not like being stuck in that isolation anymore to like begin and continue your recovery yeah i mean i was always a social person when i was younger and so my addiction drove me into this place where I was just alone all the time and nobody wanted to be around me. My family certain didn't, didn't want to see me, my friends, same thing. And so, you know, building relationships and recovery, was like crucial to becoming who I, who I was born to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, it's uncomfortable at first making new friends and but I was, I was always kind of good at it because my parents always jumped me from school to school to school. So I was always forced to make new friends. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally just committed to the fact that I needed a new way of life, like I was pretty much willing to do whatever it took. And I knew I needed, you know, people in my corner, just just support, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was willing to get uncomfortable. I, I think that's a stumbling block for a lot of people. That they're, they're so used to being alone in isolation. It's hard to like just form new connections and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of beholden to us right to like reach out to them and welcome them into the circle yeah yeah i agree and speaking of people in the corner martin was the person in the corner that's and, right and then, like you just sort of just showed up and just hung around on like the fringe of the circle and you would like laugh at everything and yeah we, we moved schools a lot when i was growing up um from florida to maryland mm-hmm. and for whatever reason you know my middle school didn't go to the same middle school is the elementary kids that I went with and yeah. the same thing for high school then we moved states during high school so um, I didn't really understand exactly what making friends meant um, so it was just easier for me to just be the quiet kid in the back of the class and yeah. when I skipped school the teachers wouldn't even notice <laughs> and, um, which was great right yeah that's perfect and um, <clears throat> so I remember though on the other podcast you guys asked me uh, I think Eric at the end said you know, well, how does somebody who's an introvert, who's scared of people, build a network? Which was a really yeah. great question. And um, I think I said I just fucking stood there. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so, so um, 
yeah, just kept coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually people recognized me enough to make me feel welcome enough and more comfortable. And um, it turns out that making friends really is just being able to be around, be vulnerable with another person, mm-hmm. right? Let them know what's going on with you. They let know, you know what's going on with them. Um, and, and over time, you're able to to trust somebody. And that was, that was like a, another big key component for me was trust, right? Yeah. And her being my sponsor um, really helped me get to know another person yeah. over a long period of time. Because eight years for me, we never stayed in one place for eight years. Yeah. So, you know, we were seven when we moved down to Florida. I was 14 when we moved back. So this is actually like you guys are my longest term friends, right? Nice. Um, yeah, never having seen a baby grow up, like all of this stuff is mm-hmm. is new for me through uh, through the principles, you know. Well, you heard. How's it been? Like, I th- you're the longest tenured, like sponsoring people. Like, how like how difficult is that? It's difficult. Um, I mean, my own experience with coming into the rooms. Um, I did what everybody did. I stood at the back of the room all moody, you know, looking yeah. at people, and I didn't trust anybody. But I mean, I had to shake off all of the um, toxic behaviors and just because uh, you're a self-admitted recovering asshole as well. Oh yeah, so absolutely. am I. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like most of us, I, I think mean, we, we had, all are. I, we all kind of like destroyed relationships yeah. using drugs, and people no longer trusted us. So it takes time to learn how to. Um, I know I remember hearing someone say it, and it's like the first time you pick up, you know, let's say you were 14 and you did, you kind of stunt your growth at mm. that point. Um, I knew my only my only skills of really making friends was like walking up with a beer or a joint, yeah. like, hey, do you this, you do that. Yeah, transactional that, relationships. Yeah, and when, when Zach was talking about like, you know, your friends that you had growing up, it's like most of those people were just like I was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it... Alcohol makes it so much easier to meet people at a party. You're going to hear this all oh, over yeah. and over and over again. It's like, oh, I didn't have the courage to go up to this girl or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I just started taking suggestions from people, you know, that I was listening in meetings. You know what I mean? Yeah, the yeah. first, like, year, what do you do? You really just listen and mm-hmm. just hang on for dear life. Um, but a couple of people, you know, approached me and they took a chance, you know, that, I, you know, there's, you even said you were scared of me yeah. when you first met Dude, me. I was convinced so, you were fucking just full, like, straight out of rehab. I was like, this guy looks like a train fucking wreck. <laughs> and I was when I first came in, but by the time you met me, I had learned a few things. And I was, when I was so surprised, I was like, what? This fucking guy is clean time? I was like, he looks like trash. <laughs> but that's the thing. is like, I, I kind of love that story because it's like, if I can get it, you can get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You come in and you look at me and you're like, what? You know, this guy's covered in tattoos, long mm-hmm. hair. I'm like, what? Who's he got? to offer me yeah well eight years later you know i'm still like a very integral part of your life hell yeah um and and everybody in this room really i mean it's like i've watched you guys grow up and i'm mm-hmm. not i want to stay on point here like when we first come in you know we we have all these um coping skills that we developed mm-hmm. in a toxic environment anyway so it's like you know coming in here and meeting some guys and like like he said you know becoming vulnerable with people it's like if you don't let the wall down nobody can get in to help you yeah you know and 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 that was proven to me time and time again when i was um on the street and i would go into a methadone program or another detox program um i you know the people that kept trying 
and like didn't give up of just making suggestions that paid off mm-hmm. and i started listening and then like i was like all right i'll try these things that people were telling me like uh get a network because i didn't trust anybody you yeah know? trust is so huge for everybody when they come into the rooms um i think it's our uh, you know as people that are here and have been here for a while it's like we really have to practice what we were taught in the beginning it's like approach the newcomer because most yeah. of them are too scared to approach you um, I did that, and I, I, I think all of you have done this in mm-hmm. the meetings that I've seen. Um, our area is really good about going and talking to them. We're mm-hmm. not perfect about it, you know. No. But there are a lot of people in this area that um, are not intimidated to walk up to the the scariest guy who just came out of prison. You know, the person mm-hmm. who's like looks like like the cover for Aqualung. That's, that's an old album cover. But, did you, you just know. make a Jethro fucking tall <laughs> I reference? Did. I did. You suck. Yeah. But, um, you know, once I saw people, you know, letting down their guard and I saw that other people were sincerely trying to help them, um, that just opened my heart up a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, working with Martin, working with Zach, working with you, it's like all of us have the same fears, you know, really. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I've seen all of you guys grow. So I know the program works. It wasn't just yeah. like, I, you know, at first it was guys like, wow, I don't really feel like using. I don't feel like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, acting out on all the character defects that I used to. Um, today, actually, you know, I feel better helping people than mm-hmm. I ever did before in my life. Yeah. So. All right. And that, like, actually you brought up defects and like you talked about trust and stuff. And some of these questions I'm, I'm pulling a little bit out of the uh, the – and a step working guide. Nice. So what defects do you pull into relationships or go into relationships initially with? Because um, I know like me personally, uh, like probably like ego is the number one. Like I want to seem a lot cooler than I probably really am. Um, I'm a very, like I'm a very verbose person I'll, I'll i'll talk about anything with anybody but like i'll try and impress you and like that that's just something like i've always brought into any sort of friendship or romantic relationship um is trying to like impress that person and find a level of like worthiness in myself for that relationship um which is weird like um it, but it, it's it's something like i grew up with from my past and like dealing with like my dad leaving and shit like that so always feeling less than so that's always like it's still apparent and it's gotten a lot better um i can be a lot more of who i am instead of this fake individual that needs to like oh i'm i'm so funny and i can do these things but that's definitely still like a conscious thing in my mind is like not like don't try and impress people and just being who i am to establish a more genuine relationship. So I want to know like what what are your like some of your defects that you've like brought into relationships or you've seen come out through relationships. Yeah, for me, I mean, <clears throat> I can easily be closed off and not mm-hmm. get to that vulnerable connection with someone. Mm-hmm. Um at my home group last night, the idea was floated that you, you sort of put stuff out there and see if it comes back to you and if it mm-hmm. doesn't, you can reach this next level of trust. And I think I have that same kind of philosophy with it because I can easily have a relationship with you based on the Ravens and and not go to like a deeper connection and a next level. And, um, and that's kind of the way I've built my long 
relationships with so my friends. Like and keeping it, things like surface level. It with starts people. out surface level. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be a recovery or some kind of activity thing. And mm-hmm. then I might open up to you a little bit and see if I can trust you with that information because my tendency is to keep secrets, right? Yeah. And not get vulnerable. And I'm used to doing that in like a, a setting with a counselor or a sponsor where it's mm-hmm. like more intimate. So just like in my personal friendships or in my romantic relationships, it takes a while to gain that faith and that trust that ultimately leads to, you know, the the zenith of the relationship. Yeah, the deeper you know? connection. Yeah. So. For sure. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll definitely piggyback on that. The, the hiding who I really am, right, as close to my chest for as long as I can mm-hmm. until I feel comfortable with somebody. And I still do that. I actually went to uh, to Reiki this week my nice. fiance bought me a Groupon to Reiki, and I think I said, <laughs> That's such a weird sentence. <laughs> right? That's the first time I ever tried it. Uh, I think I said three words the whole time I was there. Nice. Because the lady, she didn't really ask a question directly to me, mm-hmm. and she would only pause for like a second. So I just let her talk the entire time. Nice. And, uh, and it's nice because, like, I feel comfortable in that now, right? But that also um, leaves people wondering what I'm really thinking, mm-hmm. right? If I'm quiet, I can make assumptions about them oh, yeah. and they can make assumptions about me and they're very rarely on the same page. Um, and and what I experienced, so, you know, it's, it's tough to know exactly, like relationships are really what this whole thing is about, right? Yeah. Because if we don't have relationships with others, then life isn't really worth living, right? I mean, I was isolated and alone. My best friend was a mannequin and a pug. Um, you know, <laughs> coming out of that, so there was much. You know, there and was the fact that you still have Manny is amazing to me. <laughs> Absolutely, you just move him around the room and like he's, he's been to some special. He parties. changes outfits. Oh yeah, yeah. he changes yeah. outfits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still my friend. We just don't talk as much. <laughs> um, so. Uh, so those, you know, those relationships are really what makes life worth living, mm-hmm. right? And I guess I, I think it's important, and I'm going to get back to defects. I don't want to, you know, uh, go too far off topic, but uh, I think it's important for recovery that relationship with myself and my higher power had to come first mm-hmm. in that building process to be able to have a relationship with other people, with my family, with close friends, and with society as a yeah. whole. Um, so coming in initially, it was definitely um, fear. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the social norms, right? If yeah. somebody's in a relationship, I used to hit on their significant other. Um, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time was my favorite thing to do. Like you did it actively? Yes. <laughs> if you've ever seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, yes. I had a special talent for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person every time. And there was something that that brought me joy about that, right? That's just what pops into my head. So yeah. if I'm not actively trying to filter my thoughts, that's still what is what, you know, wants to come out mm-hmm. as a defect. Um, for long-term relationships though, that doesn't work, Yeah, right? To be able to actually have somebody care about me the next day, I really gotta be, you know, aware of what I'm saying when I'm saying it. Um, and so part of what happened to me too is as I, you know, a year in, two years in, um, I really started dealing with anger. And that was the other part that came up constantly in my relationship is how to not, you know, get so mad that I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, slamming doors, punching holes in walls, and smashing vacuums into little pieces. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I kind of miss punching holes in walls, though. 
It's like you, I don't like, really no. Well, as long as you're not hitting a beam, <laughs> like if you're just hitting straight drywall, like you feel like a fucking king. You're like, yes, I did that with my fist. You're like, Fuck that wall. Yeah, I broke. I broke on my middle finger on a dr- uh, steering wheel one time too. Oh yeah. yeah. I think to your point, ego is the big one too, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, the core of our disease is that self-centeredness. Yeah. And I Me, always, myself, I'm, I'm always right. Yeah. I'm always oh, right. Yeah. So it's like, can I get out of my own way in our relationship and admit that you're right mm-hmm. and apologize, right? And that's that, oh, yeah. that next level of, of getting to a deeper relationship is, is, well, yeah. I mean, I feel like none of us had a good relationship with ourselves when we came in mm-hmm. here. And that's kind of what Scott, you know, worked on me with is yeah. like, if, and, and nobody wants to hear this in recovery, but that whole idea of like, try not to get into a relationship for a year. I mean, so many people miss that. I mean, I kind of, I didn't do it. I actually think I was two years clean before I got into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but Why don't you fucking brag about it? No, no, no. It's not bragging. I mean, it wasn't, hey, I wish I could say it He's was a healthy 1%. relationship. Yeah, yeah. It was not a healthy well, relationship. I made it six months. How, how long did you last? Um, I mean, if we're talking about just any relationship, like three months, four okay. months. About three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Overachiever. I keep going. I was not overachiever. I was just, I was just a mess and I knew it. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody comes in here in the state that I came in here and that's not, you know, making me better or worse. I mean, in my mind, it makes me worse. I was mm-hmm. just like Zach said, I knew what I needed to do. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, the world was kind of against me and I just couldn't catch a break and all, yeah, these, yeah. all these other excuses that I could come up with. Um, but like until I started like, you know, I just want to say like until because I know all of you guys intimately mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm looking at Zach. I'm like, I remember when you and I were like early, you know, in I don't even think you were clean yet. OK, probably um, not. Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, I would come over and we would do step work and stuff. And it's like I could tell that you just were like, you know, you were receptive, like you wanted out of where you were, but like you definitely were going to do it your way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not that's not an insult. I mean, it worked. In the long run, it worked. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't care how you stay here. Just stay. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I was worried that I would lose you. Yeah. You know, to be brutally honest, I'm yeah. so grateful that you made the decisions that you did and that you're here now. And what I love is I can just show you your life and be like, dude, I told you, you know, you could get this, yeah. you know, and now you have it. It's just like, I love it. Anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> um, Shocker. Well, sorry. Um, no, but like getting that relationship, like having self-confidence, you know what I mean? No longer dreading who you were and all of the things that you remember doing. You know, when I came in here, I was really, really, you know, ashamed you know i felt Mm -hmm. guilty um i don't think i would have done anyone any good in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know and previously the way that i ended up in a relationship was we just used drugs together you know if we hooked up we hooked up maybe we just fell asleep together you know but like that's how i ended up in most of the relationships that i had been in Mm -hmm. was just out of convenience and hey she uses like i use you know she can hang you know um so Obviously, I came in here thinking I knew how to have a relationship, but I had no idea how to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And that took time. You know, like yeah. I didn't come in here in year one, year two, and I was like, I didn't want to punch walls anymore. Yeah. What's really cool that I can say is that in the time that I've been here, I haven't had outbursts like that anymore. No. Like I made it a point. Like I knew, like, you know, you said punching walls. I've destroyed a whole apartment, you know, oh, like yeah. busted every dish, ripped everything off the walls. Um, and and good times. I didn't know, but I, it, 
you know, when you're high and you're out there and using, you might think that, but like realistically, no, yeah, you know, I had to take a look at like, you know, all of those behaviors and, and God bless all of the people in the programs that I went to because I went to multiple different programs mm -hmm. and I listened to them all. I'm like, you know, I'm not scared to listen to somebody from AA to yeah. explain to me a concept. Um, even Overeaters Anonymous. Some yeah. of those people have some real gems on oh, how yeah. to get through situations, mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, I realize it's, you know, it, it, it's a different substance, but ultimately, you know, these relationships, it's augmenting it human starts behavior. with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if we don't love ourselves, how can we ever begin to show someone? You know, I've said in meetings before, it's like, if Zach had done to me what I did to me, he'd be mm -hmm. in prison for the rest of his life. So, like, I came in, I was like, I gotta learn how to, like, function yeah. you know i mean i love the you know we didn't know how to live life without the use of drugs i really didn't no um if you're new to recovery way you get into a relationship you know oh, yeah. it's like uh like you know the elephant in the room it's like having sex clean that's an experience yeah awesome. <laughs> and you talk about like anxiety yeah you, you know. feel like a little kid again yeah it's like, oh. yeah it's like i'm in sixth grade oh, again man yeah. can i can i <laughs> Is it okay to touch her now? You know, am I getting the right signals? You know, and it's like in sobriety, it's like you're like you're trying to do everything right. You know, it's like if back in the day, you would have just like, I'll just like yeah. grab her and kiss her, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's sexual assault <laughs> in the real world, yeah. dumbass. You know, you yeah. can't act like that. Mm -mm. I mean, that concept of waiting until you're a year clean has is valid. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. most of the people that how those three month relationships work out for us, right? You know, I mean, it's well, the just, thing is, are you ready to have your heart broken? And right. I knew I wasn't. You know, exactly. I had seen myself no. fall apart, use use heavier. You know, in, in any any relationship, like if there was a death or a breakup, Dude, I, had to, I had to leave the state. We would, like, I would just get yeah. annihilated. You know, mm -hmm. um, so I mean, absolutely, you don't have the coping mechanisms to handle something like that. And then, how is the relationship formed? Is it based on lust? Right. Did it start with friendship? You know, because I I fall into that lust trap. And then oh, you're yeah. in this relationship where you're in lust and not in love. And then when you lose that, it's just like, it's yeah. like, yeah. You know, so like once so the honeymoon's over. The problems are multifold, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't actually say anywhere in the literature that I'm aware of that you shouldn't get into a relationship. No, no, no. Year, right. Yeah. That's a suggestion that everybody has tried to come up with because it's like something that's easy enough for a newcomer to remember, like. Easy does it, bub. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Right. Like maybe, maybe give it a year. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. And our literature, actually, I think it's in the Living Clean Relationship section. It says something along the lines, like sarcastically, like you read the line and you can see that it's sarcastic. Yeah. Um. Go ahead and get in a relationship, and you're going to learn about your your defects. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And and we do. I mean, most mm -hmm. of us were able to. So the problem with getting in the relationship is that you're not if you're actually working a program you're not going to be the same person in a year that mm -hmm. you were that you got with that person yeah so your standards are then going to be higher and the person that you're with is no longer going to match up to who you were mm -hmm. right or you you, have or you don't match up to theirs exactly right. mm -hmm. exactly or you don't work on yourself because mm -hmm. here's the worst part and this happens all the time with guys she starts using or she has been using he starts to get better. He no longer wants to to be the same person with her, but he wants to be with her. So what does he do? He stops working on himself mm -hmm. and he relapses. And I can say definitively, it's the number one reason why guys are no longer in my life, either because of relapse, but a lot of them are, are dead, mm -hmm. um, is because of a relationship. One that they thought was good or one that they oh, thought yeah. was bad. It's the same thing. Um, the suggestion that I really like that I'm trying to get out there 
is that you shouldn't get into a committed relationship until you've worked a thorough sixth and seventh step and have read the romantic relationship section yeah. of the living clean, right? Because mm-hmm. let's tie it back to our literature. We don't have to reinvent anything. Yeah, It's right there. And the beauty of that is that however long that takes you to work a six and seven, right? Might take you a year. I don't know. Might, mm-hmm. take, you, might take you six months, but you'll have a lot clearer picture on who you are and why you're that way. Mm-hmm. And you'll have the ability to actually learn what a relationship should look like through the eyes of recovery and um you know a big part of what the romantic relationship section says is that you want to have a partner that you build together with right Mm -hmm. you want to have somebody that you can actually um, make a life together with yeah and um you know one of the things that came up for me in one of those early relationships was was definitely reflected in my fourth and fifth step um, which was control issues you know, big time because, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't have control over what another person does. I barely had control over what I was doing or yep. thinking or feeling on any given day. And now here's another whole emotional um, chaos to add to the mix. And wow, what a recipe for disaster mm-hmm. um, when my old coping mechanism is using. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I cannot do anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna find out my defects. I'm gonna find out a new way to live real quick. Unfortunately, that, that means smashing a lot of vacuums for me. Yes. And, and I remember being on the phone with both these guys constantly mm-hmm. about, you know, here's where I'm at, this and that, you know. And, and, the, and unfortunately, when you're in that relationship, the last thing you wanna hear is the truth. Yeah. Nobody really wants to tell you either, which is that you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know? you hit the nail on the head when you said it, get through it quick, because a relationship can expedite your recovery, right? You're forced to look oh, yourself yeah. in the mirror and all yeah. your defects faster yeah. if you can get through it clean. Mm-hmm. And I think like with the one core thing that like we've talked about and like I want to like segue into is like that relationship with self. Mm-hmm. And because um, like we all said, like we were very toxic individuals by ourselves coming like we wouldn't have gotten into recovery if like we were a healthy individual. And for anybody who's listening, like this is a hard pill to swallow and it's kind of shitty to hear. Um, but like somebody who's putting a crack pipe up to their lips, sticking a needle in their veins doesn't really love themselves like you can say you do but you you don't like yeah. when when we're, we're drowning our livers we're, we're we're just destroying ourselves on a day-to-day basis that's not self-love hmm. and like how we develop that self-love is is really the important thing and i think that's what that six months one year uh how, however much work you need to get done on yourself need it has to start with us before it can before we can incorporate another thing uh let's be real too most of what we're dealing with are our personality traits yeah and old behavior patterns Mm -hmm. that neurologically are pathways in your brain that that are just your old goalways gunked up oh yeah and and if we're with somebody who we've been with Mm -hmm. for a long time or that we get with right away, Mm -hmm. it's really, really hard to change those old behavior patterns. Oh yeah. It's gonna be the same triggers, it's gonna be the same Mm -hmm. reactions. It just makes it so difficult to be able to recover. Yeah. Um, And I I say that to hopefully maybe have somebody out there here, like give yourself a break. Yeah. Right, be able to give yourself, that's why they're saying give yourself a year. 
Mm-hmm. But give yourself however much time that you can, right? To give yourself a break, to be able to just be you, to reset to zero, right? To, yeah. to just have a baseline of um, prayer and meditation in the morning, right? Being grateful for being alive, mm-hmm. doing reading, writing, have some time and space to figure out like, what's me, right? What yeah. is me? What's and, and part of the steps, some of what we figure out is like, you know, this I need to change. Mm-hmm. This I can work on. Um, and this is just me. Some of this is just me, right? So yeah. some of my behavior patterns are okay. Some of my personality traits, they might not be lined up for some people mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, but if you can, if if someone clues you into the fact that you can look at your assets and those are valuable to you, you know, just like what you just said, there's certain aspects of your personality from the day I met you that you still have that mm-hmm. are very beneficial to your personality. You know, so like you don't have to scrap everything, you know. And um, the way you described it was perfect with like the whole inventory because I was in the food industry at the time. You, you were like, you have to go to the refrigerator and figure out what's rotten and what's still good and, yeah. and constantly change those things out and, and move those things where where they need to be. Right. And um, but like building that self-love, like I kind of want to hear how everybody like built that self-love because <laughs> big like thing you taught me was like you you build self-esteem by doing esteemable acts right and and like that's how i really my my self-worth really became uh validated by myself because i realized that i i was a person who was was worthy of love yeah and and, and was worthy of friendship and, and honestly worthy of a, of, uh, a new way of life. Because in um, an active addiction, I thought I was the world's greatest piece of shit. <laughs> like dirt, it, it was such a- Dirt dog, right? <laughs> yeah, I was fucking dirt dog, man. Right. I, I, I was the world's greatest piece of shit. Like, I, 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 for some reason I had these, this high, high delusional at like knowledge or thought of myself, but I was still a piece of shit. Right. And how I developed that was was really by doing esteemable acts and, and being a uh, a person that was worthy of being around. And yeah. uh, I'm going to switch the table. We're going to go this way. We're okay. going to hit a reverse card with you now. <laughs> go. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I've never had I to tell to... you, oh, please talk now. Her. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's early. The question what is, how do we build that relationship? How do you, self-love. Yeah, how did you build that self-love? Um... <laughs> baby steps mm-hmm. you know honestly um when i first came in like i said i was standoffish i didn't want to talk to people but i knew na worked you know i had been here before you know i'm not telling you you got to go that route that's not it um Recovery but i had been works. here and i went back out and when i came back there were still people here from you know 10 years earlier mm-hmm. and i was like okay i know this works for people you know um but ultimately i also um when you get beat down far enough, you don't have a choice but to be honest sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like Scotty and like other people have like, it's so much easier to work with an addict who has just completely had his ass kicked as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody who's kind of still in a, you know, they still have some money, they still have a home maybe, they, they mm-hmm. might still have some relationships. Those are like some of the hardest people to reach, you know, just cause like what Zach said, he's like, he's always right, mm-hmm. you know? And it goes back to ego until you lower your ego and be like, okay. And it sucked, man. 
You know, like yeah. I was 37 when I came in here. I've been through all kinds of, you know, life events. So mm-hmm. like I'm looking at people and, it, and lots of people do this. It's like, what does Martin know about drugs? Look at him. Look oh, at him. yeah. And you know what I mean? That's How we have that judgment of yeah. like, what does he know? You know, yeah. what, you know he's from, you know, wherever. Um, but once I humbled myself, you know, like those first three things, you know, when like the readings in the meeting, just listen to them. That's all you got to do in the beginning. Everything mm-hmm. you need to know about Narcotics Anonymous is read to you. You don't even need to be able to read, mm-hmm. you know. And I just started picking like little things. And Scott had mentioned to me, um, talk to people, you yeah. know, and I did, you know, and it was scary at first and it was awkward. Um, you know, it, it, it's... Uh, it's almost like when you had to approach you know, like somebody you were interested in in school and mm-hmm. like take that chance that you know you're going to be able to trust them just like what Zach did. And you give them like a little bit of information and you yeah. see if it gets around the rooms or yeah. something. Um, you fold up the little note. Do you like me? Circle yes or no, right, and right. you pass it to him in the meeting. Right. That's the way you do it. Yeah, that's absolutely. how you. That's how you get a sponsor. <laughs> but those esteemable. But get your friend to pass the note. Don't pass the note yourself. Put a gummy yes. bear in there. Ooh, I believe yeah. it's. I oh, believe. Slick. I believe the youngins were calling it a kite back then. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, stepping outside of my comfort zone and trying to like be nice to people and be involved mm-hmm. like just simply getting involved in your home group a little bit you mm-hmm. know that gives you that core group of people you're going to see every week you know that yeah you know it, it's somewhat it's a safe place and i told people like several sponsors years ago it's like everything that you're going to learn na is a place for you to practice that mm-hmm. you know because everybody here kind of knows like me yeah. and you get in an argument Okay. Yeah. We already know that it's like, hey, I should go own my part of this problem, mm-hmm. you know, that I helped create and work through it. If if you're not even willing to do that with yourself, like I can't I knew I was sick. I knew I didn't yeah. like people. I mean, I was pretty much homicidal when I came in. Yeah. I had to learn how to love again, mm-hmm. you know. And of course I hated God. You know, I didn't want to hear you talk about, you know, G O D like my ego that. was, you know, coming, coming out next. there. It's like, how dare you tell me what to believe? And I'm like it, it was silly. It was just like it, you know, the fundamentals of breaking down that sense, that concrete sense of self. You know, this is who I am. How dare you tell me what I should be doing? I'm like, yeah. but I had to come to the realization, you know, like Everything I had done had led me here to a mm-hmm. point where I didn't want to live. I was suicidal, you know. Uh, so why wouldn't I listen to some guys that, you know, are obviously living better than I am? And I knew that they used like I did. Um, you got to step through that fear. It's almost like, I don't know how to make you do it. Like, I, I can't push you into it. I can suggest it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I know I made suggestions to several sponsees, but like, you know, what can you do in a meeting to kind of like ease things up? And it's like, it is a controlled environment. If you're intimidated by people, that's okay. Find a smaller meeting. You know what I mean? Don't go to one of those 120 people meetings. Uh, find one of the smaller ones that you can feel that is a little more intimate. And as you grow and as you feel more comfortable, your anxiety kind of like levels out a little mm-hmm. bit and you become comfortable. Then you can move on to things. Um, and, and that's what helped me build on how I felt about myself. Like I did mm-hmm. start, I made a home group. Like I was never accountable. I didn't show up somewhere. I could barely hold a job. Yeah. You know, so like, okay, seven o'clock Wednesday night, I got to be here to, you know, open up and like, yeah. Um, people were counting on me. So I had mm-hmm. to, you know, it, that gave me a little bit of like, hey, I have a responsibility and I actually did it, you know? And then other people saw that it's like, well, he said he would come make coffee and he did. Okay. So then like, you know, other things come up, you know, maybe you're, uh, God, trying to facilitate the uh, group contents or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, there's all these little jobs, quote unquote, that really kind of oh, yeah. help build you up. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've listened to so many people share their stories about like, you know, guys that were dope sick that were coming in, you know, while on detox, you know, and they'd help set up chairs because they just needed something to occupy their yeah. mind with instead of like, you know, uh, obsessing about the yeah. way they felt, you just, know. Yeah, staying in the maze. Yeah, and just an hour a day. I mean, you know, people are like, well, what good are meetings? I'm like, well, if you do it right, you just go in, like, get your, you know, your, get out of the way and listen, open your ears up. For at least one hour, you weren't dwelling on all your problems. And you weren't using. Yeah. Um, so that's one one place you can start mm-hmm. is just simply getting involved. Um you know, talk to people. Don't be scared. I mean, I tell people that all the time. It's like, how did you get, you know, how did you buy dope in Baltimore City? I'm going to call bullshit on that. You know? What? Be scared. Being scared is a normal oh, human yeah, emotion. Yeah, yeah. Just work through it. Right. But you weren't scared to walk into an alley at midnight, you know, with $100. Uh, no, I still was. I just didn't get <laughs> No, but you did it. You know <laughs> yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm See, like, exactly. The fear is there. Like, yeah. fear is normal. Like, You're gonna I, have to I walk don't like through. that don't be scared shit. Being scared is fine. Like, that. that's a normal human emotion. But, like... That then you use the spiritual principle, courage. To- courage is not the absence of fear. Yes. Thank you. It's just going through it anyway. Mm-hmm. Self-love for me, um, it really, you got to start with the basics, right? You got to start with willingness, mm-hmm. willingness to change, right? Let's start with self-care. Let's yep. brush my teeth every day. Let's take a shower yep. every day. Let's go for a walk yeah. outside and do Eric some healthy would, yeah. things. Eric would kick my ass if we didn't bring that up. <laughs> and, and what happens over time is the more willing you are just to do the basics, the more mm-hmm. willing you are to do the more challenging things. And mm-hmm. because you started to grow some sense of, you know, love and integrity, you know, you become more open-minded to maybe changing your behaviors now instead of just your activities. Yeah. Right. And you start to see these patterns through the steps of the things you don't like about yourself. And you're like, man, I'm really willing to commit to changing this, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm willing to do the work. Yeah. You know? And it, it is, it is work and it's practice. And I had to like be willing to change jobs and be willing to go back to school. And, and those things help me to open my mind to yeah. greater possibilities. And in turn, you're starting to build that self-esteem because now I'm doing these esteemable things, right? I'm taking mm-hmm. care of my health. I'm going to the dentist, you know, just the basics, oh, yeah. right? Let's start with the basics and be willing to change. And it, you almost have to be beaten down though, right? I mean, yeah. we had this talk so many times, you know, when can I receive the gift of desperation, you know? And you have to get to a point where you're willing to change any anything, you know? That's what mm-hmm. they told me, change one thing and that's everything. Yeah. And there were so many things I didn't like about myself. I had to start at ground zero and it took time yeah Yeah, um so i mean i can remember even in like my third year struggling to say i like myself Mm -hmm. right um today i can absolutely say i i love who i am today Mm -hmm. i i love who i am today um i remember at one point david gave me the suggestion to look in the mirror and say you're fucking awesome or something like that (laughs) was it was that what the mantra was what was the yeah uh, I something like that. It was something yeah, like you're it, fucking it, awesome, yeah, like, and I and I tried awesome. it. I, like I was, I was always willing to take suggestions, mm-hmm. right, for my predecessors, and I would, I would actually Jesus, stand in the I mirror because even like, <laughs> even looking in the mirror was really uncomfortable for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Herb talked about the guilt and the shame that I felt from, from using and and what I had all you know done with my time, and to be able to start at the beginning where. I'm no longer who I was, yeah. right? Because for me, if I'm in recovery today, then I'm not who I was. If mm-hmm. I'm not going back no matter what, 
that I'm not who I was. I don't have to feel all that guilt and shame because who I am today is not that that using addict. Yeah. Right. I'm an addict in recovery. And so I remember I can remember vividly this meeting that I was at. And I remember the feeling that this guy gave me. He was talking about um, his hobbies. Right. Mm hmm. He's like, I've been clean this amount of time and I like rock climbing and I like uh, writing short stories and I do this and I do that. And I walked away from that meeting like, what the f- I don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have no hobbies. I have right. no passions. Yeah. Like I couldn't even talk to anybody after that meeting. I just went and sat in my car like, oh my God, I have nothing. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, and thank God for, uh, for that guy's happiness, right? Because it actually drove me to start looking around the next day, like, what am I into, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, oh, like, I kind of like piano. Maybe I'll start practicing piano. Mm -hmm. And I like typewriters. I went and bought like three typewriters, you know, like right away (laughs) so I could have things that, that I'm actually interested in. Forget what anybody else likes. What do I like, right? And this is like. That's a weird fucking hobby. <laughs> I like typewriters. Repairing typewriters and having typewriters, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, having those things, because what, what is it really? I have to have a relationship with myself. Mm-hmm. I have to basically be dating myself, mm-hmm. right? Because no matter where you go, who, who are, you're there. And that was such Doesn't, a, Like, people are going to come and go. You're always there. Totally a foreign concept to me, mm-hmm. right? Even just saying I love myself was totally contradictory yeah. to the religion I was brought up in, to the way that my parents raised me. You know, having having self-respect was like a dirty word because if you had respect for yourself, then you must have been doing bad things to other people, right? And to me, that's, that does not equate. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. The more, In fact, the more that I care about myself, the more I can care about other people. Mm-hmm. You cannot make yourself sick enough to make somebody else well, right? And... So as I started to build that relationship with myself, I started to be able to say like, wow, I'm going to make time and space in my schedule to take care of me. So what's that going to look like, right? It, nobody else is accountable to this except for me. And that's hard, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm way easier. I could put something in my calendar and be accountable for you to do something for you, to buy something for her, right? Right. Mm. right? To get something nice for, for the houses, right? But for me, that's the hardest thing. I, I struggle buying myself a shirt. <laughs> Right. That's how bad I am with a relationship with myself. So what I started doing is implementing self-care stuff. So like going to get a massage once a month, every single month. Mm. I found a place that does, it's a school of massage that was very affordable. Sometimes it was a great massage. Sometimes it was terrible. But an hour of having, you know, somebody touch me was like a totally foreign experience that was great for me. Yeah. Um, being able to go and get my hair cut, Right. Um, I mean, there's so many things that I've done now. I've gone skydiving, right? I've gone and all of these things in order to expand my relationship with myself and to be able yeah. to, to end that trip. And, 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 you know, like you mentioned, walking, um, walking has been a key element to me, um, mentally, mental health wise, um, somewhere along the lines I heard, you know, Prozac, it's a uh, 30 minute walk is equal to Prozac. <laughs> and I like that. Yeah. Not telling anybody to get off their Prozac, um, but it really, it made more of an impact on me to get up in the morning before my my fear and anxiety had a complete grip of and control over me to go out and to walk. Now that walk usually would actually turn into a run. If I told myself I'm going running every day, I would never get up, right? right? right. But I'm just going to go out and I'm going to have a walk around the block. And wow, the mental change that I have to be able to start a day 
For who? Just for me, mm -hmm. right? And then through the steps, obviously, being able to recognize the principles because if I'm doing my best to have that relationship with myself and I'm acting through, forget even the principles, right? Let's boil it all the way down to a practical application. What is the next right thing? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not sure or I feel like I'm going to act out in the wrong way, let me put some extra time and space in between yeah. me figuring out what the next right thing is. Maybe even long enough to call Zach or call Herb or call David and say, what is the next right thing that I'm supposed to do in this situation? Because I really don't know right now. Um, but yeah, the relationship with myself. And and part of that was also like f I, I, I picked up this phrase somewhere, free myself to be myself. I have to free myself to be myself, right? I don't know how to act in certain social interactions. So like um, I started saying yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to, <laughs> right? So somebody would say, hey, we're having a, a, a bonfire. Come over. Oh my gosh. What am I, where where right, am I going right. to say to these people? Oh, you know, I'm sweating before I'm even mm. there. And, but I would say yes to it. So that was the first step, just saying yes, mm. right? And now I'm showing up, right? Well, I don't know how to, how to act without a beer in my hands, right? Mm -hmm. So what I would do, I don't know about anybody else, but this is this was my trick. I had to free myself to be myself, right? I would get a seltzer water, I'd open the seltzer water, I'd chug it, right? And I would I would pretend like I was getting drunk. Right? Burping the whole way. And it was like the old the old neuro pathway of feeling a little bit loose, right? Mm -hmm. That would allow me to go into the situation the way that I used to, which is feeling like I could free myself to be myself. Well, it turns out I didn't need the seltzer water, just like I didn't need the beer. Yeah, right. It was it was a it was a choice to grant myself permission to be able to feel comfortable in those situations. Well, that kind of reminds me of Dumbo's feather. You know, like you yeah. thought you needed this magical you know elixir to allow you to be yourself. What a reference! Yeah, you know? God, you're fucking old. Sorry. It's, a, hey man, it's one of the benefits of getting clean. Oh know? yeah, I never thought you get to get old. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, it's better than the alternative. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I had the well, being old. You know, uh, I'll springboard off of that. Being old, it's cool oh, because dude, I've I'm gotten sorry. to see everybody in this room come in yeah. as they were when they came in and change. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that's one of the benefits of, of spending some time in this program is watching the changes that happen in people. And then going up to him and be like, hey, Martin, how did you get over that hump? Oh, yeah. You know, and and people that are actually practicing, you know, living a different way, they're going to be open to you to share, you know, yeah. what, and who shared on the streets? Nobody shared on the freaking right. streets, you know, no. not without an ulterior motive of like, oh, yeah. I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to give Zach a bump because I know I'm going to need something down the road. Right. You know? mm -hmm. um, but here, you know, I noticed that there were people that were honestly just trying to help because that's what was helping them yeah. you know that's like the the wonderful part of like you know once you start to change you can redefine your whole being yeah you know like i try to you know everybody struggles and i mentioned this earlier i came in and they threw god at me and i was like ah. you know you get to the cool thing is and I, I think i've done this with everybody i sponsored is for once in your life you get to take the time to look at like what's what all's available out there spiritually mm -hmm. and what really speaks to you not what your parents instilled in you or you know anything like that for once in your life the decision is fully yours mm -hmm. you know and i i don't think i had too many opportunities that i honestly felt fully free like that you know that i got to choose yeah. i get to define who I am moving forward. Yeah. You know, and 
you know, one, two, and three in the step working guide really gives you like a, once you get those, and I, I used to work those, you know, with Zach because, you know, I, I don't care, you know, send me hate mail, whatever. I'll work one, two, three with somebody who's using it because hopefully mm-hmm. in my mind that gives them the strength and the faith to, to, to step out yeah, there to take a step. and be like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go in and do whatever I got to do and make yeah. that decision. Um, but I don't think, you know, until you have some clarity, how the hell can you really define where you want to go? You yeah. Know, Martin was saying he didn't even ho- have any hobbies. I didn't either. And that was like a suggestion to me is like, um, I hadn't picked up a fishing pole since I was a kid, you mm-hmm. know? So like, what did I do? I, I went and I got a license. Ooh, you know, actually paid the <laughs> license. You know? Um, and I did it the right way. Yeah. And I went out. I didn't catch any fish. I mainly had turtle chasing my bait back to, you know, <laughs> and I could see him. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, and it, and it was kind of funny because it reminded me of like being a kid and like, you know, um, just enjoying myself. But mm-hmm. then it gave me something else. Um, this is just something I got to share. I met this redneck. He's like, man, I just can't understand, you know, you know, um, uh, meditation. You know, mm-hmm. and he, we had known each other for a couple of years and he knew that, I, you know, I was a practicing meditator and he walked up to me and he's like, I just can't do that. I can't just sit there, you know, and, and like, um, you know, he can't do that. I said, well, do you go fishing? And I said, when you get out there in the morning and you put your boat on the water and there's like that smoke and there's just a couple of birds, it's perfectly silent. The, the, the lake is like glass. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are meditating. You just don't know it. Because as you're sitting there reeling that in, like, what are you thinking about? And yeah. he said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the trees and the sky and how beautiful everything. He believed in God. So he was like, you know, just looking at the majesty that, you know, that my higher power created. And I was just mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I wish I'd have had a meditation that good this morning. Yeah. You know, where I truly connected with the beauty of everything. You know, I was yep. just, you know. We can. Yeah, we learn so much from one another, and yeah. and and I pick pieces from every person I meet. Like you know, I may see something in Martin that I'm like, wow, I really wish you know that I could do that. Well, I can try. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I can try and being as loving and as open as he is. You know, yeah. or like with you, I can be, I can be a jokester. Yeah. You know, I can learn that like it's okay to have a sense of humor with your friends. And mm-hmm. It's like. I mean, uh, since I've been here, I've seen so many people accomplish so many cool things. And I'm not talking about like, oh, they got the job that they wanted, but like just um, setting uh, workout goals. You know, it's like I've seen you go from like uh, barely leaving the house to like getting into yoga to getting into mountain biking and and that just, you know, opening up his world Mm -hmm. to new people. Because then he met people in the program that were, you know, mountain biking and stuff like that. And you come into these meetings, you share with people. It's like it. Like I said in the beginning, it's baby steps. Yeah, it's a lot you know, of little to things. Start that, that really build upon each other. moving Absolutely. away from not, you know fear of people and not trusting them to finally going. Okay, I let I let Martin come over to the house. He didn't steal anything. <laughs> there, you know, there's all these little subtle things that you have to watch for. But like, if you just take the suggestion and open that door a little bit, you know, I'm not telling you let everybody in because. You know, once again, not everybody here has got your best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And I say that almost every time I share. Um, pay attention, mm-hmm. but don't be so closed minded that you won't let the people in to love you and to teach you to love yourself. Yeah. And my final topic is uh, building because you were just just touching on it, building that relationship with your higher power uh, through prayer and meditation and like how we all came to do that because um, you were the first person her to ever ask me what the fuck did i believe nobody ever asked me before it, it was a complete like and i was 
25, 26 years old. And it's so weird that nobody, no adult figure or, or priest or whatever, nobody ever asked me because I, I was raised Christian, but I fell out of favor with that. And I didn't know what I believed. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't really know how to meditate. So I, I had no relationship with a higher power. And anybody who's out there listening, pick whatever you want. You don't have to pick anything. Like you could pick a doorknob, you could pick a window, you can pick God, <laughs> you can pick Allah, you can pick Buddha. Anything works as long as it works for you. And and that was the first time somebody really <clears throat> asked me to really kind of figure it out for myself um, and, and and give me that freedom. So it, it was cool to be given that license uh, to find what I believe. And I like and, and I read, I read a lot and I encourage everybody out there, read a lot, don't, like read shit you don't believe in. Yeah. Like if you, you read the fucking Bible, read the Quran, uh, yeah. read the eightfold path of uh, Buddhism, uh, read some, some, some pagan beliefs, read everything. And then eventually you'll find the, whatever works for you. And like what, what worked for me, like really, and what really felt right was like the, the nine noble virtues of, of, of Norse uh, mythology and ideology or whatever you want to call it. And, and I love it because it wasn't 10 things you don't do. It was nine things you do do and things that you are already empowered with to just infuse into your life to uh, basically be the best version of yourself and for everybody else. And, and that was, it was really cool that you, you really opened that door uh, and allowed me to express myself spiritually for the first time on my own terms. So right. like, how did you guys do that? And like, what did you find? Yeah, it's an ever going journey, mm-hmm. you know, it, oh, yeah. it's still, it's still a work in progress. Uh, I did a lot of research. This, this started with you, Herb. I mean, you told me, uh, think of a power greater than yourself. And I was like, what, what what's the power greater than myself? You'd be like, how about the judge? When he was sentencing your ass to go to jail, you didn't have a choice in the matter, did you? Right. And um, that was a power greater than myself. So I needed some, you know, some examples to open my mind. Yeah. And then I needed to do some reading. Mm-hmm. And and I did, I, I read the Bhagavad Gita and I read the four agreements and I read this really great book called Religion is Not One. And it discusses all the world religions. And, and I liked bits and pieces of all of them, you know, these mm-hmm. concepts of, karma and forgiveness and meditation. And I, I realized at that point, I didn't need to choose one. I needed to choose what worked for me. And, yep. it, and it was a blend of elements of all, yeah. right? And I could bring that into my, you know, into my personal space and just, and kind of craft my own thing. And for me, the the power that's greater than myself that I choose because I know it, because I feel it is when I'm out in mother nature, right. you know? And like, you're just, enlightening me about meditation because I'll beat myself up. I don't meditate enough, but you just reminded me that when I'm out there, that's where my heart is still. And that's where I feel that peace of mind. And, and that is my meditation, you know, and I will be so moved by the things that are going on around me when I'm out in nature and I'm out in the world and and I see the beauty there. And I know like, that's what calls my spirit. Mm -hmm. And and so that's kind of the spirituality I've crafted, but I, I do like the the concepts of karma and and putting mm-hmm. good out into the world and doing the next right thing and letting it come back to you, you know. And um, I, I would steal a lot, like when I was using, right. And now it's like I can't steal, you know, because that will come back to me if I do this bad thing. Something bad is going to happen to me, yeah. you know. And and that is the beauty of it. It can be whatever you want, you know. It doesn't have to be a religious god or mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, 
and it's an ever going journey. I'm sure if you ask me about this five years from now, it'll be something else. And yeah. that's okay. And I don't need to explain it. No, no I just no. have to feel it and know no. that it works for me. Yeah. I just want to interject before you go. Um, I don't want anyone to ever think that, you know, they can't be who they want to be around here. You know, mm -hmm. when you talk about like, you know, picking, you know, the aspects of what you studied, like, you know, the aspects of Christianity, you like, you know, people will give you grief sometimes like, ah, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I am, yeah. you know, um, you know, the, the meditation stuff. It's like, I'm glad that I could help, you know, just like, you know, when I hear somebody say, hey, you did this for me, you know, you instilled me to, to, to go look at this. It feels great. I'm like, instead of me, like, you know what I mean? Like those esteemable acts, like just simply helping somebody and then seeing them do it and seeing something click for them. It's like, hey, I kind of helped put that in motion. You mm -hmm. know, so like, I'm not the piece of shit that I thought I was. Yeah. You know, I do care about people and I do love people. And I'm like, my biggest thing, I think, you know, I told all of you this is like, just don't be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like live the, you know, live what you, you say you truly believe mm -hmm. and live your truth, everyone. Well, <laughs> No, I mean, there's so many people like, I mean, you came in here asking me for, you know, like not literally, but yeah. ultimately as, you know, being me being here before you were, when you walked in and you were saying, hey, I I want to die. You know, I don't know how to get through life without putting crack and heroin in me, alcohol, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, that's, you know, just the fact that I'm like, you know, I, I didn't hook you up and like, hey, yeah, I know where you can get some crack, you know, and I got like a little money put in. <laughs> I like, should hope you not. Know? No, no, no. <laughs> but like, that was my old behavior. You yeah. Know? We were talking about like well, who we were when we came in here and like those baby steps of like reaching out to somebody else and like, you know, planting a seed with them. It's kind of cool. Let, let me hook you up with some Buddha. It's going to fuck you no, up. Man. Hey, man, one of the thing, greatest things <laughs> I ever saw, I love this shirt, is a hope dealer. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like, you know, it... <laughs> It's really easy to kill somebody, but to save somebody, in my opinion, takes a really strong human being, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because killing somebody, it's like, what? You know, I forget. Like, I read a lot of, like, real crime stuff. you can stuff. kill somebody by not picking up the phone. Right. Oh, absolutely. It's easy as shit. Yeah. I mean, this is about relationships, right? Yeah. And without the relationship that you and I had and you giving me the suggestion to go out and do your own research... You know, like I may not have done that. Right. right? I wasn't open minded enough to pursue it on my own. I needed some starting point. Yeah. And, you know, that's the beauty of the journey, man. It's it's your journey, you know, and there couldn't be a more important person to do it for. Right. Like, right. that's the real benefit. And when I get Juan, caught up. Juan in, says that you couldn't do it for a better person. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah. That's a Juanism, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Along with uh, desire is an immeasurable yeah, yeah. quality. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so when I came in. Uh, religion was definitely um, on my resentment list. Contentious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even now, right? Even now, we, we've got uh, the Catholic Church coming out with, you know, 300,000 um, young people that were harmed. Um, that's their number, right? That just came out that they're, you know, finally admitting to. Um, and that number is probably low based on, you know, the average of, you know, five to six percent of their priests. And just um, time injury. itself. How yeah. Long been so, doing. yeah. So I had um, a lot of resentments mm -hmm. that I continue to work through um, with with different religions. Um, but I'm glad I stayed open minded and uh, and was able to stop just being angry at God in general. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, you know, we, we've had so many deep conversations about. Um, maybe even taking God out of the literature and mm -hmm. saying just higher power would be beneficial to a lot of people, um, which is a great topic. It, you know, I think the main thing was Tune staying in next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the main thing was staying open minded for me was the ability 
to be able to find out. Yeah. Right. Find out what, what feels right. Um, for me, what that really looks like, I, I read a lot of books. I had a lot of really cool, deep conversations, which, mm-hmm. you know, Herb definitely encouraged me as we got into the third step. Um, you know, the first step is really, I got a problem, right? Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a major problem yep. and I got to really accept that at a heart level, not just know I'm an addict in my mind, but know I'm an addict in my heart and accept that at a base level. And step two, like that surrender gets deeper, you know, and there's some hope that there's, there's actually a solution. Um, and step two, like when I'm working with my sponsees, it's as simple as this, right? The higher power thing is, are you God? No. Right. Okay. <laughs> that, that's all you cool. need. Yep. There yep. you go. Yep. Yep. Right. And the group being able to go to other people for help, right. For, for that solution, that surrender. Um, and then for some guidance, I mean, the deep conversations you can't have, these I can't have these kind of talks with people in real life, right? Yeah. I have to be in the rooms. I have to be with people um, like me, yeah, to be able to have these kind of real talks without judgment. And um, you know, at its basis, it's about a relationship, not a religion. For me, that's really what it comes mm. down to. Uh, and just like that relationship that I have to work on with myself. That relationship that I have to work on with other people, I have to work on the relationship with my higher power. Yeah. I have to be able to put the time and the energy in to be able to feel that. Um, some of the experiences that I've had, this, the real spiritual experiences that I've had since I've been clean, um, I always feel crazy trying to talk about them and explain them because oh, yeah. they, you know, um, there's no great way to try to verbalize something that is beyond yourself that, that you would get a, to and experience. And that's a good thing. Like you shouldn't be able to, like if you can put your higher power in a box and you're like, oh, this is exactly what it is. It's like, like take step that, one. Yeah, that, that's not much. <laughs> like what the fuck is that? Yeah. And and, um, and and even in step three, right, Herb really told me like, like you were saying, David, be able to find out for you, mm-hmm. read, let it change, right? Be able to, to figure out what it means because nobody is here to tell you that. Mm-hmm. That's not what the 12 steps are about. And you don't have to define God. Mm-mm. You don't even really do that later in the steps, right? No. There's no like, no. <clears throat> this isn't Scientology where you, you make it all the way, you give over <laughs> yeah. all your money, you find out it's Zenith, yeah. right? <clears throat> there's no there's no, uh, there's no no perfect answer to that question. But Pale to me, God, you paid to tell you that? No, no right, right. <laughs> Fuck no, I wouldn't have paid you nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it really is to me about the the relationship. And sometimes for me, that means um, action. And sometimes that means just sitting still. But meditation has been by far the biggest key component for me um, that I have control over um, to be able to, like my home group is a meditation meeting where we as a group, we all meditate um, to guided meditations, right? We find them on, um, what is it, instant Instant timer. I forget what Instant it's. timer. Yeah, I, I know. I forget what, what the about. app is called, but um, and YouTube. You know, there's tons of free meditations that are out mm-hmm. there. They're phenomenal, and just being able to take that that practice of meditation deeper and deeper and deeper has been massive for me to to get to uh, really what I was looking for in drugs. Right. Yeah. What what we thought we had found in drugs. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I really thought that I was going to be able to find some kind of um, spirituality um but i kept seeking Uh right and found out it really you know my higher power will give me just about whatever it is i'm looking for 
And one time that was a big old bag of weed um, mm-hmm. right on the street. Somebody said, well, you never just find weed. Well, or, you know, you never find drugs. I found I found a big ass bag of weed when I was desperate for it. <laughs> nice. um, and in fact, you know, when I look back on it, really, I got all the using and all the misery that I was looking for. Yeah. Right. That was basically um, the mantra that I had. The, um, the affirmation that I said over and over again was, I hate myself. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I would affirm over and over again. Everything's crappy. Um, I'm never going to get better. I can't live like this anymore. Um, and now those affirmations, uh, you know, take effort to be able to, to look in the mirror and say, I love myself, mm-hmm. um, to carry out the, the, the affirmations of, I want to feel peace and freedom. Yeah. Right. These are, are part of my practices that really do change the way I feel. Um, the other thing is probably weird, right? I like to have a clean house. No, that's not weird. That's another, that that's goes, that part goes back of, to self care. That's, that's part of that's my eating, spiritual practice. Eating the right things, like doing the right things. Yeah, cleaning your house if it if it makes you feel because good. having have a baby and try to keep it clean. <laughs> nice. I was looking at you. I was like, ah, he's not gonna let him live that out way the window. <laughs> no. Fuck no. But, but but to me, part of that that is gratitude, right? That feeling of gratitude mm-hmm. is part of the the spirituality and gratitude being an action word means if I'm grateful to be alive, how am I showing that? Yeah. Right. If I'm grateful to be clean, how am I showing that? If I'm grateful for my physical body, how am I showing that? Mm-hmm. You know, all those things are, are important. Yeah. And, and like in step three, uh, when I was really like browbeating myself about how the fuck do I like turn this over? How do I really do this action? And you just gave me just the simplest answer. You were like, okay, whatever attributes you think are are attributed to your higher power, generosity, honesty, all, all those principles, whatever those are. He was like, you told me to write them down. So I wrote them down and I brought them to you like so excited. I was like, this is, this is what I believe my higher power is. And you were like, cool. Do those things. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, that's it? And he was like, yes, be honest, be generous, be compassionate. Just that's that's you living like a higher power, mm-hmm. not like a lying, stealing piece of shit. And once you just start living those principles, doing those esteemable acts, it, it, it just falls in line. Yeah. I mean, there's some, I mean, even if you don't, like I've, I've definitely heard several people claim that the program of Narcotics Anonymous was their higher power. And that works for mm-hmm. a lot of people. You know, it's people get scared and like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. I'm like, no, not really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of like, you know, emulating, you know, someone that yep. that is practicing all of those principles that you claim, you know, that you want to practice. Yes. You know, and that's why, you know, everyone, like, just don't be a hypocrite. You yeah. know, I try not to be a hypocrite. Like, I literally, I haven't gotten in a fight in 15 years. Which since I've been, you know, almost 15 years. That says something. You know yeah. what I mean? That I haven't stolen something. That I haven't lied to people. That I haven't manipulated people. I'm like, I, I don't care if I can define what I believe. But mm-hmm. if I could show you that I've changed my, oh, yeah. you know, there's people, plenty of people in my life today that would have never had anything to do with me, you know, back then. Oh, and, yeah. And they actually appreciate me, mm-hmm. you know, because I do those, you know, do kind things for people, yeah. you know. Um, I don't know how much time we have left, but I'm like, I kind of wanted to, you know, pose this. Okay. It's like, how did it change in the last two years? You know, because like the meetings, you know, not being able to go to meetings, switching up to Zooms, like a lot of those relationships are pulled away from people. I know a lot of people struggled with not having that, you know, you brought it up at the very beginning, that, you know, that human contact that we get mm-hmm. at the at whatever meeting we go to. Uh, I, I think it spoke a lot to, I'm, I think it, it was a challenge for all of us on some extent, not so much for Eric because he lives in a lighthouse. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, like having screen time versus an actual hug in a meeting are two completely different things. Yeah. And like having to like, but like part of that is re- recovery, like being safe, mm-hmm. f- like with yourself and everybody else is a key part of being a part of society is like we we had to do what we had to do in order to uh be safe as individuals and as a collective but it spoke a lot to my personal um program of being able to sit with myself right and i i think a lot of people uh got exposed to themselves and sometimes it went really well sometimes it went really bad um i think it was tremendously hard for people who were coming in i think the 2020 class of of recovering addicts had a extra battle ahead of them um but it, it it did add a really cool aspect of the the digital recovery like it, it it exposed a whole new avenue that i think a lot of the old heads were not familiar with or or open to but i i think it's a really cool aspect that like brought a lot more recovery together because people from indiana and europe could just get on a zoom meeting anywhere yeah and uh i just want to touch on that because i think it opened a whole new avenue yeah a lot of people definitely it was a test for your recovery right Mm -hmm. and uh i felt like i transitioned pretty well because i had been uh living out of state years ago and i had made a lot of connections with people online and formed relationships that way previously so i was comfortable getting online and having conversations before the meeting and after the meeting and that was okay fortunately i was in a romantic relationship with somebody who i really enjoyed spending time with so mm-hmm. that was great right. and then it also allowed me to get Why out in nature by myself yeah <laughs> i could go out for a bike ride by myself and i was i was like this is great right. you know I, I can do this on my own and this is what i like anyway uh, and then we just broke the rules. We would hang out with each other anyway sometimes. You know, I mean, it was under 10 people. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we under- were being safe. We, we were socially distanced playing Monopoly with, uh, with those like old people grabbers moving our arm. That never happened. So, yeah, the, the pandemic was definitely an interesting piece for recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be real, right? Like the opioid epidemic is still going on. Yeah. Um, like most of you guys, I'm not afraid to be on the front lines of this fight, but there's, uh, I think there's a whole nother generation coming behind us because of the, you know, being stuck inside and and not being able to get socialized with school as much as I hated school. It is, uh, part of the socialization process, the children wearing masks. I'm, I'm very against. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of addiction and, and problems coming behind us because of that. And uh, I'll still be here. I'll still be part of this program, right? That's that's the beauty of the twelfth step. When we get it, we don't leave. We get mm-hmm. it. We stay to to try to be a help to the the next person. Um, I don't think personally I would have made it in the rooms mm-hmm. and right. been able to recover just on Zoom. And you know, mm-hmm. to have people now come into the meetings and say, uh, "Man, it's weird to be here in person because I'm used to being on Zoom." Yeah, it's cool, right? And and. Throughout the whole thing, it was really, to me, it was about finding what I could do, mm-hmm. not focusing on what I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, I held my meeting open um, into winter as long as I could, you know, where we'd meet, we'd have masks and we'd have lawn chairs and we, you know, did a hybrid meeting with our Zoom. Um, 
you know, I went to the meetings that did open that, that were, you know, doing what they were supposed to be doing. And, um, there's been meetings almost the entire time that have been open in our area. We're blessed to have a lot of people and a lot of great recovery, Mm -hmm. um, in our areas, a lot of, you know, churches that were willing to, to still host us. There were even and underground meetings. Underground I mean, people, meetings like, in there parking were all lots. these meetings. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But I, I mean, I love the idea that no matter what these people, you know, whatever your opinion is, they were still willing to meet with each other to like do what they needed to do mm-hmm. to get through. So yeah. I, I do appreciate, yeah. you know, and I'm not I, picking on it. Necessity <laughs> was very much the mother of invention. Yeah. Because a lot of people were struggling with that. Well, without oh, yeah. that human contact. Yep. It, and just like when I was using, I would do what I had to do to mm-hmm. get what I wanted, right? And if yeah. you're focusing on what you can do, you're going to find it. And if you're focusing on what you can't do, you're going to find that too. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Um, the danger there is a lot of people didn't come back, right? Yep. And they and they got used to that isolation and now yeah. they're comfortable in that. So, you know, it was, it was a tough time. And I, I couldn't have probably got clean on Zoom either. And I applaud anyone that has. I mean, Absolutely. that's a whole nother level of willingness that shows your commitment. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, it's a new, I think it's a new facet too. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. It's like the the only constant on this planet is change, you know, oh, yeah. no matter what you believe, everything changes and we're growing and evolving and changing. You know, it's like just in the 15 years that I've been here, you know, the changes that I've seen in recovery, you know, and I mean, across the board, like all kinds of different mm-hmm. programs out there. Um, and I think we're going to, con- you know, continue to learn, you know, it's like, you know, you had mentioned like the old pe- older people, old heads, I think you said, didn't mm-hmm. really appreciate Zoom, but it's like, oh, some of them did. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw a lot of older people Absolutely. that were very fearful because they're up in age, you know, they, they may have underlying circumstances yes. that, you know, hey, COVID could have really taken them out. They, so, they were still using typewriters. Well, <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, there's a lot of guys in our area that I think, um, I don't know what they would have done without it because, you know, for, you know, they've got 25, 30 years. And they're so used to, you know, mm-hmm. the way of life that they have been following. Um, but not, you know, a lot of people embraced it. You yeah. Know, and it gave them a whole I mean, you didn't new, have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think the Zoom meetings is a good thing moving forward. And I hope they, and I hope they stay because shout out to Australia and Scotland and, you know, oh, being yeah. on a oh, Zoom yeah. meeting where they basically follow the same thing we do. Just they like, sound cooler. Yeah. Well, yeah, we have a friend, um, a, a, a mutual friend a that we podcasts all Podcasts are really great too for anybody out there listening. That's he right. just became a truck driver. You know, he, you know, there was a huge need for truck drivers in America. He just became Ooh. a truck driver. I'm like, oh. um, his name's Shannon. Oh, oh. But, um, I know that you know, his job is not going to enable him to meet him, get to a meeting all the time. Mm-hmm. But he can, you know, with this new thing, it's like he can get to a meeting anytime he wants to. Yep. You know? I'm just, I do like that aspect. Yeah, he can, li- he can listen to eight straight hours of recovery just going <laughs> to your website. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're about out of time, so I would like to thank my guests, Herb, Martin, and Zach, for joining us. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. That was Thank fantastic. You. I'd love to do this again. Absolutely. In the future. Absolutely. All right. Well, here at Podcast Recovery, we're aiming to expand the scope of support for recovering addicts. Accessibility and convenience of helpful services is paramount to combating addiction. We work to bring the message of recovery to every addict, wherever and whenever it is needed. We believe that a powerful voice of recovery should be obtainable, practical, and at the touch of a button. Every addict deserves to hear a message of hope, and Podcast Recovery is here to provide it. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, We here at uh, Podcast Recovery are self-sustaining and we need help keeping the mics on. So please go to our Patreon, go to our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube, our Twitter, like, share, subscribe, invite your friends, come join us on the show. Uh, But most importantly, everybody out there, stay safe and stay clean.